Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Nerds with Friends. My name is Cody Leach and as always I'm joined by Christian Garcia. What up? I first want to say Cody, I want to thank you for being the white people that get vaccinated. Because I feel like there's two kinds, the ones that do and the ones that don't. And I'm glad that you're the one that got vaccinated. Nice, I'm one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, kind of sucks uh, we're all going back to, uh, oh I, I should say we are b- back from our one week vacation. And uh, since we've been back, the, the world has gone back into shelter. To fucking mask again because people don't fucking yeah. get vaccinated. Yeah, well, I, I, I kind of figured it was going to happen when, uh, you know, they were like, hey, you don't have to wear masks inside anymore if you're not vaccinated. I'm like, oh, it's going to be like those people who have the emotional support dogs <laughs> that are fucking chihuahuas <laughs> and shit like that. Um, or the dogs the most in need of emotional support. It's just like shaking. You know, whenever you, you – uh, let things be up to, uh, you know, you're trusting people to on their word. Yeah. That's when things that. go bad. Yeah. <laughs> on the honor system. Great. Yeah, the honor system is just, uh, not the best. Um, but we're excited to be back podcasting. Uh, it was kind of weird taking a week off. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm glad lots, lots of stuff to talk about today. We are going to be talking about masters of the universe revelation, um, and how we could fix that. Because I don't think it's all bad. It's been getting a lot of heat on the internet. Um, Kevin Smith has been uh, roasted by the Twitterverse. <laughs> and um, he got a little defensive about it. Um, but uh, I think we can. Um, we have some suggestions on how to fix it. Hopefully we'll see these come true in the next part or season or whatever they're calling it. Um, so uh, we'll look forward to that after the break. Uh, thank you guys for liking up subscribing. We do appreciate all that. Dropping us a little comment down in the YouTubes or on the Instagrams or the Twitters. We enjoy your participation. Um, and uh, if you want to support the show, you can check out patreon.com slash nerds with friends and uh, support the show there. We have a bunch of fun tiers on there as well. And, uh, you know, we'll read out your nerdy confessions or, you know, paint a mini for you. All sorts of good stuff on there. Um, all that information is at nerdswithfriendspodcast.com if you want to check that out. All right, let's do some nerdy confessions. It's been two weeks. I have quite a bit to uh, confess. Can't take that <laughs> phone call right now. Um, Christian, why don't you start us off? Okay, so I I know mine's are usually short, but this might be a little bit long. So I have never really usually read – Never short. They're always too long. <laughs> I've never read any – A book. H- I knew it. I HP. knew you couldn't read. <laughs> That's why I do audiobooks. books. Mm-hmm. I can hide it. <laughs> Um, I've never read or listened to any H- HP Lovecraft stuff. Yeah. And it was always because I've heard that he was racist. And I was just like, all right. That was a different time back then. Okay. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? Before- Some might say a better time, but, you know, different. Different. We can all for agree on. half of this podcast. It was a better time for half of this podcast. <laughs> um, so I was like, all right, let me do a little bit of research. Went to Wikipedia. And it was basically like, well, you know, he had some views, but, like, it was normal back then. And, yes. like, he later changed his opinions. He's like, and he really wasn't a white supremacist because he actually thought that just English people were the best whites. And all the other whites were still bad. I'm yeah, like, that's not, like an ultra white supremacist. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's not a good look. That's not a good look. And I was like, you know what? But his stuff is referenced in, in so many things. I'm like, I'll give it a try. So mm-hmm. I downloaded uh, the Necronomicon. And I'm, like, listening to it. And then I'm on uh, Rats in the Wall. And they name... His cat's name. Okay. The cat's name, last part is man. 
I'm not going to say the first part because I feel some of my splice that shit and be like, Christian's racist. But all I'll say is that it rhymes with Tigger. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Tigger Man. And, <laughs> and like, I stopped the audiobook. I was like, I didn't hear that. There's there's no way that's that's what the guy said. Like, there's so you no. You cranked up the volume with the windows down in your car. I, I was in my car and I was like, <laughs> thank God my fucking windows are up. Yeah. So I paused the audiobook. I go and I type in on my phone on like a Google search. Cat's name in uh, Rats in the Wall. And it was exactly what I heard. Yeah. It was fucking exactly what I heard. And I did not like how the narrator said I feel like he said it with his chest out. There was no hesitation. And he says that cat's name a lot. And the dad who sounded way too white to be saying that way too many times. And like, I would have been fine if you're like, dude, give me some hesitation. Like a, or like, like, you know, or like, uh, I don't want to say this or something. Or in the beginning of the book, <laughs> hey, you might hear some shit yeah. <laughs> that you don't want pumped up super loud in the volume. So, you know, maybe let's do it a little bit quietly. Can you imagine like the audiobook reader guy for Huck Finn? <laughs> Just that shop. He's like, Jesus Christ. How many times do I have to say it? A thousand? <laughs> oh, my God. And then so like I was doing more this research. better be a good paycheck. <laughs> I was doing more fucking research on it, and it turns out he's like, "Oh, that was his actual cat name that he named when he was nine years old." He was saying that shit at nine years old. Well, you know what they say: kids say the darndest things. (laughs) Like no one thought for a second. Like, (laughs) did you hear a junior name the cat? (laughs) I was just like, I, I was just like, dude, I like. I was like, fuck, man. Like, and this is like the second story. Um, and like, he, he refers to Native Americans as mongrels. And uh, I forgot what other stuff in, in, in different short stories was like, dude, like, you think more people would talk about this shit? Yeah. No, but did you hear about Cthulhu? Yeah, that's all you fucking hear. Oh, he's he got a cool god with fucking tentacles on his face. Yeah. And everyone seems to forget about the other shit he fucking said. Right. Well, you know. <laughs> What are you going to do? Different different time back then. You know, whenever I look at like an author like that where, you know, like even J.R. Tolkien had, you know, some interesting views on society as well. You know, the Urukai were definitely portrayed as, you know, more African-American. See, and I wonder, the like, in East, the... I forget what the Eastern race is. The ones they were, they were the Oliphants. The dark, yeah, the, dark, uh, the darker skin. Um, but... I am, or whatever. I'm conflicted if it was more Peter Jackson or Tolkien because in Tolkien he more describes them like like gorillas, but Christian. <laughs> but I'm just saying. But you know, yeah. Peter Jackson went and full them like they had dreadlocks and like they were yeah. like super dark skinned and I was like, all right, come on, man. Like, yeah, well, you know, he was trying to keep it in the spirit of the book. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you, you gotta. At some points, you got to be like, look, everyone was a piece of shit back then, right? <laughs> like, the fact that we got this interesting fantasy world, you know, that should be enough. Like, you can't go back in time and change things. There, there was terrible people back there doing terrible things. So, um, appreciate it for what it was. Now, if if someone nowadays, if Brandon Sanderson named someone... Tinker Cat. Enter Man. <laughs> um you know, uh, it would be a different story. You know, I would be like, Brandon, shame on you. I'll keep reading your books, but shame on but you. But shame on you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, uh, you got to take it from the context of when it was written, I suppose. Um, you know, we, we mentioned this before. You know, Stephen King gets criticized a lot 
Because he uses the N-word sometimes in his books. But he uses it where he makes a villain look bad. It's right. not like a main character. He's always, he's always trying to make someone look despicable. Yeah, right? it's, it's always the it's villain. Ne- it's never the, the hero being <laughs> just going around using racial, racial epithets. Um, so, yeah. But it was, it's just, it, I was just more like, holy shit, and like lower the fucking volume. I was like, come right. on, anyone fucking hear me listen to this shit. I always, that's the one thing about audiobooks. Uh, you know, every once in a while I'll read a book and there's like a like a graphic sex scene in it. And I'm just like, I'm riding with the windows down. I'm like, I look over and there's a van full of children just like, ah! You just give them a thumbs up and smile. Yeah. That's how you were made. <laughs> oh, that's not how you were made. That doesn't make babies. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. It's a, That's... You gotta imagine it's, it's an interesting time being a uh, audiobook reader on so, some of these books. For and sure. like maybe maybe because I know he's a racist and like I like I'm just listening to the story. Some of his stuff is really mm-hmm. good, but he does a whole lot of like it was so terrible that you your mind couldn't comprehend what it was. And he does it <laughs> a lot. Yeah, it's like dude, and Stephen King will do that, but he'll go like. You know, it was so terrible that the best way your mind described it was a spider-like creature. Like, give me some of that. Like, give yeah, me something exactly. to work with. Nope. It was just because they weren't of the uh, master race or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, interesting. I'm glad you're reading a racist book. It's uh, about time you learn some things. Um, my narrative confession is uh, my mini addiction it has continued, and I've recently got the newest uh, Spira Mirabilis um, miniature, which is this... Uh, uh, this guy named Lucas Pina, and um, I actually like this one more. You like this one better yeah. than the Ronin? I really like the Ronin one. This one's cool though. This is uh, it's called the Troglodyte, um, and it's a caveman discovering fire. So it comes kind of separate. I'll post pictures of this up on on the Instagram and on the YouTube. You'll be able to see a close up picture. But it's it's a caveman, and he's holding a stick with fire on it. So he's like, you know, um, discovered fire for the first time. He's got a little cute little dinosaur on his back um and i can't wait to paint this thing but what's what's always amazes me about this this artist who does these um is he only does you know four a year he hand sculpts everything so he he uses like you know modeling clay or whatever and then casts it and then you know then they make these resin uh molds of it and like look at this packaging you know it comes with a little art piece here kind of showing that the um, thing has a handwritten note with the numbered piece that I got. I got number 48 out of 513 on this one. To write 513 thank yous, man. A little wax wax seal on there with their logo on it. And if you even, if you smell the box, it's got like a nice, like like nice perfumed smell to it. Like a sandalwood or something. But yeah, really impressed with these guys. Uh, I'm really excited to paint this one. Um, I still haven't finished the Ronin one, though. I, I have started it quite a bit. Now I'll, I'll post up some pictures of my uh, progress on it so far. It's it's one of those things where because like the sculpting is so amazing on it and so like lifelike that it's it's very hard to you know tackle a project like that because you're like. You know, I don't want to mess this up because it looks so good, just not even painted. I don't want to fuck it up with my paint job. So you really got to take your time on it and stuff. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to do this guy. Um, he's got – I really want to do, like, the glow of the fire hitting his face and stuff. Oh, nice. That would be really cool. It's going to be fucking hard. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's a little uh, thing called OSL, Object Source Lighting, where basically you replicate the glow coming off of a light source and – um, it's fun to do, and when it when it works, what when it comes out good, it looks amazing. 
So uh, I think I'm going to do that on that one. But yeah, man, really cool stuff. Uh, if you guys want to check them out, if you have any interest in miniature painting, um, it's uh, Spira Mirabilis um, Miniatures.com. Um, you can find it, search it on Google and stuff and it'll pop up. I know the spelling's fucking weird, but, um, <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, but yeah, every, every year he does just four and he does a limited production. They're only on sale for 48 hours and then it's done. Never made again, which is crazy. Um, but he's very successful at it. Uh, they're very highly coveted pieces. I'm and sure this isn't his only job. I'm sure he's like a sculptor for something. Yeah. He, d- he's done other, uh, sculpts for other companies and things like that too, but this is like his, his design, his creation start to finish kind of thing. And his wife helps him with all the packaging and stuff, which every time it's different. Like the, the Ronin one had the little, like a Japanese imprint on the front, like the waves and stuff yeah. like that. This one's just more of a simple black one, but it had the wax seal with twine on it, around it kind of coming up. It's it's amazing. Um, just so much, so much care and quality goes into something like this. And... Um, and you know the the pieces all fit together really nicely for the most part, um, yeah. It's it's good stuff. I can't you wait. Send them pictures when it's done. Yeah, I, I already sent him a little. You know, I sent a picture of me unboxing it kind of thing, and he he commented on it. He was very. He's always very good at reposting other people doing his work nice. and stuff. So very very cool. Yeah, I haven't seen too many people who have finished the Ronin one yet. I saw one where the guy straight up painted him as like a redheaded dude. I'm like, what? Like a I red, saw that one. Redheaded white dude. And I was like, what are you doing? He's obviously a samurai. Um, so I've been working on that one. Skin tone is tough. Also, the eyes were really tough because you, you can kind of see on this one um, that um, it's not like – it's not su- super – anatomically correct kind of i mean obviously he's a caveman so who knows but his eyes are very very small and very set back in there so those are going to be muy difficile as they say but yeah super excited it's so cool it's very cool very cool miniatures all right well that just about does it for nerdy confessions we're going to take a quick little break and then when we come back we're going to fix masters of the universe revelations so kevin smith i hope you're listening (laughs) we'll be right back and we're back all right so if you guys are at all in tune with the nerd world uh he-man well it's not he-man sorry well okay misspoke already (laughs) masters of the universe revelation not revelations revelation single revelation happened um had released on Netflix, the first part of it, five, about 24-minute episodes or whatever it was, right? Um, di- directed and written, I think, by Kevin Smith. And um, the internet's a little upset about it. So I I enjoyed it. Sure. I, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I do understand the one big point that people are upset about where the whole bait and switch Sure. You know, we all thought we were gonna get a He-Man. So well, let's let's say let's we're gonna do uh, spoilers on the first five episodes. So if you haven't seen it um, and you really want to watch it without it being spoiled, which if you've read some of the internet stuff, it's been spoiled already. But um, we will be talking about it in depth. So just a heads up. So yeah, it, let's talk about this bait and switch, so to say, so to speak. So we all thought we were gonna get a, a He-Man led cartoon like right. the original. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, so you already did spoilers. I don't have my headphones. So, yeah. um, so he was killed in the first episode. episode. Mm-hmm. And then it's basically all focused on uh, Tila. Sure. Which I was fine. I actually enjoyed the story. But I, I, I do agree. Like, it, it should have maybe gave us a warning. Like, hey, this is not going to be a He-Man-led series. Right. And then, you know, then I'm like, oh, okay, I know what I'm getting into. But, I mean, outside of that, I thought the music was great. The action was good. The animation was great. Um, yeah. I, I, I did enjoy some of the stuff he did. Mm-hmm. Um, it made it more serious versus like kind of the goofy original of what it was. Yeah, I think the uh, one thing that a lot of a lot of fans had a problem with was the fact that every thing that we saw in the promos leading up to it was He-Man fighting Skeletor, yeah. and come <laughs> to find out that this all all of those promos were taken from the first episode yeah. by itself, right? And then the rest of the show follows Tila, who has been kind of disillusioned with Eternia and magic and you know she feels betrayed because she didn't know that you know Prince Adam was He-Man but then magic has been sucked out of Eternia and they need to get it back to save the world and the whole universe and like to be fair his parents didn't fucking know like we didn't tell his parents his his mom knew but she she kept a secret but his dad didn't know most of his friends didn't know Um, and but yeah you know I don't think I don't think the direction that Kevin Smith took it in is necessarily a problem um, because let's, you know, a lot of things that people are forgetting is this is part one of who, who knows how much of it they're planning. I think it's just 10 episodes, 10 episodes. So it's just part one. I think if, if this first half was received better, they might've expanded it. Sure. Who knows? Like, right. At this point, it's anybody's ball game. And, um, but I think that, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to focus on these side characters. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, it's not what we signed up for, I think, right? I, yeah. think that's, I think that's a big a big pain point for a lot of people is that we were expecting new He-Man versus Skeletor with freaking Mark Hamill as Skeletor. And um, we wanted big, awesome magic battles, sword fights, battle cat ride and you know that sort of thing and what we we did get some action which i think was you know i think the animation is all very good but a lot of people are complaining that first of all it's it's focused almost entirely on the female characters of the show you got evil lynn tila what's her uh, andrea i don't remember the new andra the new character her new her new you know her new homie girlfriend so to speak um, who's who I actually like her character. I think she's really cool. Um, and there's Robatos in it uh, for a little bit. Man at Arms is in it for a little bit. Man at Arms is great, and I would have I would have actually liked if they expanded more on his backstory. Sure, a hundred percent, and what he's been doing since he got exiled and all that. Um, and then uh, Orcos in it as well. Um, and and so I actually I liked you know since reduced, but I did enjoy that. Uh, Tila, the sorceress, and Evelyn had to team up. They're like, okay, everything's way too shitty. Right. We have to team up to to work together. Yeah, I think that's a cool juxtaposition of, you know, these two characters, you know, who would never work together, or three characters, I should say, would never work together um, under normal circumstances. Four, but, and Orko. And Orko, sure, sure. Um, he's he's just wants to be everyone's friend, so, you know, he, he, would, he would probably team up. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they wouldn't work together 
under normal circumstances, but because of the dire situation they're in, they have to. And Beast Man comes along eventually too, um, and they have to kind of uh, band together for the good of the universe. And I, I think the biggest problem that a lot of people have, and don't get me wrong, there's people out there who just don't want to see a female-led show. And I understand... Like, Do you, Cody? Do you understand? <laughs> I under I understand why they're frustrated because, look, the show is called, or the original show was called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, right? He-Man is the most masculine freaking name you could possibly come up with. And he's like, he's fucking yoked. He's bigger than any human being could ever possibly be, right? That was like the whole deal is they're uber max masculine characters, right? And, you know, at, at one point you got to ask yourself, who is this show for? Are they trying to make a new line of He-Man toys to sell to young children? Probably not, based off of what this show is. <laughs> They're making it because they want to appeal to that nostalgic factor for the people who watched it in the 80s and 90s, right? And when you, when you think about it from that lens, like, why would they make this show like that? You know what I mean? Well, it's, I mean, like... It's what? focusing on Tila, uh, which, you know, I think she's a cool character. I always liked her in the original one, um, and she had her own episodes in the original one as well. But this very much feels like a Tila show entirely. Which which would work. I mean, was it uh, She-Ra? She-Ra is very successful in, in that reimagining. And both fans. like he But it's fans. called She-Ra. Right, and that's what I was going right. to say. I think that's what people are, like, upset about is yeah. it's like, okay, you sold me on one thing, and then you gave me something else, you know... But again, I think that was a marketing issue. Had they marketed like, hey, yeah. this is going to be a Tila-led you know, cartoon, then it would have been fine. People would be like, oh, okay, I know what to expect. Yeah, Tila and the Masters of the Universe would be fine. Um, or if like, if it was like uh, each like five-episode arc of like four or whatever was focused on a different character, and that might still happen, right? Um, we, we might see like a man-at-arms one that takes place during his exile um, or his like him becoming the man at arms, um, like his, his little robot clone was also dope. He was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think that having you know having those ones were focusing on a different character in each little run would be cool. And I think that's a, a, a interesting narrative way of doing it. But the fact that this comes out, we don't know what the future of the show is necessarily. Maybe it's ten episodes and completely done. Um, but, and just having it focused all on Tila is like, what are we doing? Like <laughs> we came for He-Man and Skeletor, you know I, I, mean? I will say like, we're going to trash it a lot or fix it. I should mm-hmm. say fix it. I did like that. He, uh, expanded the, the mythology of like, you know, Grayskull wasn't really that important. Right. It was underneath Grayskull where all the magic was the, kept. Like. The hall of wisdom or whatever. Yeah. Called. I thought that was cool. Uh, right. They, there's a lot of good stuff in here and which is why I think this show is fixable. It's not, it's not a piece of shit. It's, it's just, it was misguided in a few, in a few ways. And you they know? showed all the uh, previous champions before He-Man and like most of them look like him, but there was also like uh, some women who where the champion gray skull was black. I was like, Oh, look at that. The nice. Yeah. I, well, one thing that's really cool. I actually watched a video on it. Um, some of those other champions were like concept art for he-man. Oh, nice. And then one was like a, a, a wonder bread version of he-man that was used to <laughs> on wonder bread. For, I don't know. Um, I don't know enough about, you know, I watched a little bit of he-man. It was, it was a little bit before my time. 
I was much more of a, like a Ninja Turtle GI Joe guy. Um, but, um, I do remember watching a lot of it. And so I don't, but I don't know all these little side, you know, promotional items, but apparently a lot of those other champions were, um, from concept art and things like that's that, pretty cool. which is pretty cool. I think, I think that's kind of fun. It, it really expanded the He-Man universe in a very good way. Right. It showed that we saw Orko, like where he came from. Right. Exactly. We find out a little bit more about him. We find out about the hall of wisdom and like, you know, why, why gray skull is this, you know, the, why Skeletor was after it all this time kind of thing. Um, and we finally saw Skeletor win, you know, at the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we will say that. I mean, it was definitely like, uh, what was the Star Wars where the fucking, the dark side wins? Uh, the second one, right? Uh, yeah, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, it was very Empire Strikes Back. Uh, actually, it was more, I mean, since we're already doing spoilers, He-Man dies twice. Yeah. <laughs> and this time, like. Well, he gets stabbed in the last episode, and it doesn't look good. Um, no, and the they, the other champions told them specifically, hey, if you leave here, you yeah, cannot he, come back. What they call it, Proteria or whatever? The heaven. It was of, heaven, basically. Yeah. And only the champions get to go. Right. And um, he's like, so if you die, you're just dead. You're just Right, you don't get to come in, back in Valhalla or whatever. Um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting to see what happens next. Um, and I think... I'm sure he's not dead. I'm sure uh, the source is going to come and just kind of like... Kevin Smith's a madman. <laughs> He might now just that everyone's getting pissed off at him, right? Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, it's too woke. It's too woke. And he's like, the original He-Man was woke. He had female, right. like, people, uh, he had female, like, characters that helped him. Like, he, all his friends, like, he'd always survived and helped by his friends' help. Right. Yeah. And and, and those people are, are like the, the macho meatheads who can't accept any sort of change or messaging. I was going to think maybe incels, but whatever. Or yeah, a mixture of both. It's the same thing. <laughs> um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, I have no problem with with them having a focus on female characters. I thought Evil Lynn and Orko's like little side story. That was great. It's my favorite part of the entire show. Where you saw her get a little soft. Like, first off, his fucking, his whole life was really fucking sad. He's like, I realize everyone thinks I'm a loser. Like, I know, like, I failed my parents. I failed my friends. And she's like, damn, like, feel sorry for him. And then she even gives him like, you know, like a little boost, like a little premium. Like some of her magic or whatever. And, like, I love that. Lena Headey, who is the... Uh, I knew it was her. As soon as I heard the voice, yeah, I knew it was her. Cersei Lannister from Game of Thrones is the voice of Evil Lynn, which is perfect. Um, and uh, so I, I, I thought that that part was great. I liked um, uh, Man-at-Arms or Duncan. Um, I like seeing him just kind of broken down and defeated. Like, he has his, his like, funky helmet just yeah. holding fruit on the <laughs> on the shelf and evil lynn always saying like oh man he's like he-man was really nothing it was man at arms he was the most dangerous man in attorney yeah and i was like oh fuck and like i also kind of i was like oh maybe evil lynn has a little thing no she was kind of basically like saying she had a thing for him she was like "Mm, i want to jump them bones um yeah can't hard to turn down a man with a mustache you know (laughs) but uh I need a cool top knot later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I, li- I like that stuff. So there is good good stuff in here. I, I hate I hate what happened. Well, I don't hate. I'm sad what happened to Orko, but it yeah. was also it was very cool and it, it gave the show more gravity. Where you're like, right. shit, dude, fucking characters can die. <laughs> like, not yeah. not everyone's safe. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think that was cool. You know, I I, I you know, he went I, out like a G man. He went out like saving his friends and like uh, against. Uh, forget what that bad guy's name is um the one who hangs out in the underworld all the time doesn't matter uh someone will 
write it in the comments <laughs> or something. But uh, yeah, he goes out, you know, protecting his friends, and that's how he would have wanted to go out. So that was, I, I don't mind stuff like that. And you um, can see Evelyn was actually a little sad. You know, she she yeah. still called him a fool, but you know, she right. felt she felt fucking bad. Yeah, exactly. You got to see a little human side to her. Um, and then you know, Tila, like they did a little bit of a character redesign on her, where she looks, you know, a little bit more butch than she did in the show, which is, I'm I'm down for any sort of like character change as long as it makes sense. And I think that does make sense. Like she's kind of, she's done being the warrior princess, you know, um, where she's dressing in these crazy gowns and crap like that. Um, and you know, that's another thing that kind of, you know, upset the people who like the woke haters, right. That she's, there's some, you know, lesbian overtones going on with her and, uh, on Andra, the scientist, the scientist, the scientist, engineer, artificer girl. Um, and, uh, you know, like, who cares? At the end of the day, it's it's not – that's not a big deal. Like, that's not what the story is about. Like, they didn't focus on their relationship necessarily. It's just focusing on Tila and her journey kind of, you know, trying to accept Prince Adam's choice as, you know, uh, keeping the secret from her. So, like, I, I don't think that's bad bad necessarily. I do, I do feel like they wrote her character, like, a little – selfish like um a hundred percent which I, it, it, that part kind of bugged me like when they're in heaven and you know he-man is there and he's like basically like hey trying to apologize and he's like being nice and she's like would you stop being nice i'm trying to be mad at you and right. it's like dude like you fucking die <laughs> like he's dead like right. you, you just saw your you haven't seen your friend in a long ass time i think it was kind of, yeah kind of a discredit to her character in general um that like she was so petty about him keeping the secret like she couldn't see the like why he would want to do that. He's trying to do that to, you know, keep his family safe and whatnot. And, you know, to allow him to have a bit of a normal life outside of being the champion of Grayskull. I was trying to think about it. I was like, Cody lied to me about something like that. Made a trip to heaven. I see him. I'm like, yo, fuck you. Like, I'm not going to be mad at you. He was like, I get it. All right. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's, it seemed very petty of her. Um, so let's, let's talk about fixing uh, this show. Um, and I think like the rules we should set for ourselves is, you know, uh, Tila still has to be a big part of it because I mean, it's hard to pull that out of it. Um, and then let's say He-Man still has to die in the first episode Fuck. to make it a little hard on ourselves. Right. Okay. But how, how could we fix it to both appease the fans? Um, and you know, but keep expanding the he-man universe so this is what what could or what should happen in the second part we could do that we could make minor changes to the first part too though um you know i'm down for i'm down for either one i think my uh here's here's something to get us started my first kind of tweak to this is i think we should have um when he's when we visit he-man in uh heaven or valhalla or whatever um one of the champions, I don't remember if it's Hero or Grayskull or whatever, mentions that He-Man is the only champion to ever keep his normal form. Yeah, he didn't stay in his champion form. Right. I think we should have seen more of He-Man in heaven, and maybe not in the second episode because that's, you know, we want to know that, you know, he's gone. We want to think he's gone. We're like, oh, shit, what's happening? But maybe at the end of the second um, episode we see him waking up in heaven and dealing with 
meeting Grayskull and all these. And I think that would have been an excellent opportunity to both find out more about the champions of Grayskull and the history of Eternia and expand that universe even more. But also, um, we could we could kind of think, you know, find out why he sees himself more as Prince Adam than he does as He-Man. See, I guess I would have done it a little bit different where, like, I, 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 I mean, you said, I'll, I'll, I'm going to break the rules. I wouldn't have had him die. Sure. But I would have had him lose his power. Interesting. And then he would just stay as Adam. Mm-hmm. And then that way he's in the show. Tila is still the lead. And she has to deal with the issue of, like, you know, oh, you know, she's still the lead because she's the hero. He doesn't have the, the power anymore. But she, the struggle of them trying to fix that relationship. Ooh, I like that. See, and that, that could have, like, just led the show. Like, she's still the lead, but, you know, Adam is still there. And that honestly, that's that's actually that's a really good call because I think um, one thing that, that could have happened is, like, the, pa- the power sword absorbs all the power from this orb exploding in the first episode. And um, maybe that shattering the sword eliminates his ability to become he-man right and he could still be with them she can still save him at every point because he's going to be helpless and and you could have this cool conflict where you know she's mad at him for keeping the secret sure but he's also like he's still himself and he wants to take the lead on everything but But now he can't can't because he's he's just regular prince adam or maybe he learns like there's other things you can use like maybe the power wasn't everything he fucking needed to be a hero he could still be a hero without the power of grace right yeah and maybe he got it back later you know yeah exactly Uh, obviously we would want him to get it back eventually but you know he would have to learn how to become a hero without the power right and i mean like talk about your hero's journey like that's like that's a classic trope of of you know these kind of shows and i think that they could have really and then we could have learned more about tila and how she's been kind of um you know how she has felt working in his shadow this whole time yeah i mean she still could have left done her mercenary work and then he could have been the one like hey we need your help like i'm fucking and then they could have had like the whole oh i'm mad at you fucking yeah so after after all magic is leaving Eternia. He goes back to the palace and he's just like, he doesn't know what to do. And then he does some research and he finds out that like, Oh, the magic leaving Eternia is killing the universe. So he has to go round up his, his band of friends again, or even then to get the 18 back. Even then like to fucking go to evil lens and be like, Hey, we actually need your help. Right. And then Tila's like, no, we can't fucking work with her. She's evil. And, but he man himself or Adam himself is like, no, we fucking need like right. we need this exactly exactly he has to convince the sorceress that this is the best for them and then he's like oh well we're gonna need some muscle and then we'll go find tila and he was like well let's go find man at arms and man at arms has been like you know what exile. they did with man at arms could have been the same like a right. whole lot wouldn't have to change yeah uh, exactly and then you know we would still have a he-man focused show but we would still learn a lot about Tila. We would learn more about Evil Lynn. We'd have that all that stuff with uh, with Duncan Man at Arms. Like most of the show could have been the same. Yeah. But it's just, you know, then you wouldn't have all these rabid fans upset about not and, having <clears throat> And then episode five, when he gets betrayed by he would have like, Oh, he would have been betrayed by Evil Lynn and then Skeletor would have come back. Mm-hmm. I think the impact of that death would have been more. You're like, Oh shit, like all he was trying to do was do the right thing. He got fucking killed. Right. Yeah. And, and, and then, yeah, he's about to get his power back. Then he gets killed. Then maybe he wakes up in right in heaven. And then that's what the second part of the season is. Because then it's on this huge cliffhanger. You're like, oh, shit. 
and then he comes back later and it does. I think that would have been a much more solid, um, you know, story structure of this show. Um, and you, you know, it leaves plenty of room for action and him having to grow as a character because let's face it, like he, man, that Saturday morning cartoon version of he, man, there, it was a Saturday morning cartoon. It wasn't just meant to be like this deep, you know, mythological Mm. story, but we've kind of built that ourselves over the years from through nostalgia and reimagining and, you know, playing with the toys and making up your own storylines. Um, but this would have really given depth both to him, to Tila, Man at Arms, Evelyn. You would have had the whole gamut. Everyone would have had. And they're in. I mean, to say on some of the stuff, I like. I liked uh, the guy with the rotating eyes. I forgot his name. Oh, uh, yeah, Triclops. Yeah, I mean that was cool that like he had started a cult, right? And like he has like this new power source where it's like technology is now like trying to take over yes. magic. And what was he called? I think the motherboard or something? motherboard. Yeah. Like I, I was hoping to hear more. So maybe like, I like that was a cool aspect, you know, like, yeah. oh, like Skeletor is gone. Like now his minions are trying to like scramble for power. Exactly. And I, th- I think we'll see more of that. I don't think we've seen the last of, of like that techno cult thing that's come up. Um, so I, I think that um, we could definitely see more of that in the next season or the next part of this season. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think, you know, they were kind of always in the background and we saw a little bit of what they did, you know, when Tila's like, you know, undercover at their, at their ritual or whatever, um, which was crazy. I, it it was, was slightly dark, but I wish it had gone a little bit darker. Like yeah. he was transforming people into like cyborgs and like, but people were like willingly going. And then uh, you see this kid who's like, you're thinking like, oh, this kid doesn't want to do it. Like, no, that kid totally wanted to fucking do it. And yeah. then he, they did it and he was trying to attack uh, yeah, yeah, like robot arms. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, and that's another thing, too, I think they could have done with this show is, like, this should be a, a mature rated show. Like, I want to see people's arms get chopped off and stuff. <laughs> because, again, like, who is this show for? You're not going to get a bunch of little kids watching this show for the first time and getting into He-Man. It's well, they just, wouldn't have a chance because they only had one episode to like him. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you wouldn't do that at all, really. But like, even even if He-Man was in the show, it's like you're not going to get a whole new audience of people buying toys, buying merch and stuff um, from this five-episode arc that we just saw because it already depends on you knowing those characters, knowing some of the backstory, and you know it's hard to gain new members what you're really trying to do is capitalize on people's nostalgia and um get people who who are our age watching the show and getting excited about it again you know i'm actually like thinking about i'm surprised kevin smith did not see that coming like 100 <laughs> percent. like hey what did you guys love about he-man fucking he-man awesome what if i took him out wait what <laughs> yeah what if we killed him twice <laughs> it's like what <laughs> You guys like He-Man and Skeletor, right? Yeah, I fucking love him. Well, too bad. <laughs> like, you like Mark Hamill? You think he'd be a good Skeletor? Like, fuck yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. Well, he's only going to be in two episodes, and then he's going to kill He-Man in both episodes. <laughs> uh, and then he's just not going to be in the rest of the show. Wait, but why? Well, we fo- we figured we'd turn Le- Leela into this, like, you know, super angsty, like, lesbian, and just have her go around complaining about how she was lied to all this time. And we figured that would be a compelling story. That would be for all the audiences that love He-Man, right? Right? That's wait, the story you want to hear. Wait, but why? <laughs> she, she, she and He-Man were best friends. 
Nah, I don't think so. She's never going to forgive him for lying to her. <laughs> but what? Yeah, oh, yeah. you guys like Orko, right? Oh, he's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, he's going to explode. Yeah. He's going to die. What? We're like, what? What about Cringer? Uh, yeah, he's cool. Battle Cat, that's fucking awesome. Well, he's going to turn into Battle Cat one time, um, <laughs> and then he's just going to show up in the last episode being like, hey, guys, I was here the whole time. You know, hey, but, you know, give it to him because he actually is the yep. one that convinced uh, Tila to go on the mission. Like, she wasn't going to do it. Right, exactly. So, But Tila. <laughs> I, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot. Um, oh, here's one thing, too, that kind of bothered me about the show. I thought most of the voice acting was great. I didn't think Tila's was that good. Oh, I didn't think of anything of it. Uh, I, I just, for some reason, like, like Evelyn was awesome. Orko was fantastic. Cringer was great. He-Man uh, he and uh, Prince Adam was great. Man uh, at Arms. Man at Arms was great. I thought all those guys were good. Man at Arms also uh, is the Onion Knight from Game of Thrones. <laughs> what? The Onion Knight. Oh, the voice? Yeah. The oh, voice. nice. Yeah. So they got two Game of Thrones people in there. Uh, but yeah, Tila. I think who I think uh, I think it was Sarah Michelle Geller played Tila. Yes. Um, I I don't know. I just felt like some of her lines were pretty flat. You know, like a voice actor generally does a pretty good job of being animated and really making the performance come to life. I felt like hers was a little flat. Everyone else I thought did a fantastic job. Mark Hamill, of course, is a master. Um, but yeah, I think I think that. Uh, oh, we're not touching on a. Like uh, Skeletor got the fucking the sword. Yeah, he got the sword of power and became the master of the universe at the end. And he's like a giant. Yeah, super buffed out Skeletor. Yeah, like I, it's gonna be hard. Like, okay, he was he was a great foe without the sword. Right. <laughs> like now he has the sword. Yeah, and so now they're gonna have to overcome this in season two. So now now that we've kind of quote unquote fixed season one, uh, what do you think would be the the best plot line, the best outcome for season two. It, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's going to kill off permanently He-Man. So I, I feel like he's not going to be dead. He's going to come back. And I think basically what I had said in the beginning, what, you know, let him live, be without the sword, is kind of what they're going to do in the back end. Yeah. Which, um, But then how is he going to eventually overcome He-Man? I don't know. A trickery? Or I, mean, I don't know. It's <laughs> a trick. Yeah. I mean, there's no. it's not going to be a, a battle, like a straight-up fight. Um, honestly, I... I don't know where I would take it from here. Right. Because I wouldn't have started from this approach. So I, I, it's tough for me to say. I think that's the biggest problem with the show is that wh- whether it's going to be a one season, one and done, or he, the intention was to make multiple seasons expanding on it, the way it started is is strange. You've already had the bad guy win, not once but twice, in the, destroying the orb and eventually getting the sword of power. Um, but magic is back. Magic is back. Um, and then you've also eliminated the, the main protagonist of, of the series twice, twice. <laughs> so it's an interesting, it's an interesting place to be in. Um, and I think you're right. It's, I'm hoping that he man recovers from his wounds, but you know, it takes slower because he's, he's Prince Adam and he doesn't have the power anymore. Um, and maybe he has to deal with that. Let's hope that that's what happens. Cause I think. You can steer the show back and save it with that. Um, but if he just if he just dies and now Tila and the rest of the crew, remaining crew, have to like, you know, figure out how to stop Skeletor. Like, 
I, I, I don't know if that's... I, 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 it would be pretty fucking tough. It'd be tough. But um, I don't know. Kevin Smith does tell great comic book stories. I mean, like maybe maybe we're wrong. Maybe what he's going to do is going to be amazing. I really like the stuff he did for DC. So I don't yeah. know. Let's Let's see. One thing about Kevin Smith is that I think at his best, he can be one of the best, uh, one of the best storytellers of, you know, of our generation's movies and stuff, right? Like you think about Clerks, Chasing Amy is one of my all-time favorite movies. Well, that's one that got him like, you know, people were looking like, oh shit, this dude can actually can do some stuff. Right. And uh, it was funny because I was watching an interview and they're like, like, how come you can't do another Chasing Amy? He's like, well, I was, like, w- that happened to me in real life, and I was... Heartbroken. Yeah, heartbroken. I had a shitty life, and these were real things that happened. He's like, I'm rich now, and I have a good life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have those stories to tell anymore. So it's... Which, it's- which to me, is is a little bit of a cop-out. Also one of Kevin Smith's movies, which was not very good. <laughs> um, but to me, that's a little bit of a cop-out. Because a good storyteller can make a good story and make it relatable. And like, you know, if a lot of people uh, might not think about this, but if you watch Clerks 2, Clerks 2 is one of the most heartfelt movies that I've ever seen. Because the pillow pants? The pillow pants or the (laughs) the fucking donkey show. Yeah, the donkey show. Yeah, Um, Or the ass to mouth. Ass to mouth. It's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Dude, I just just talked to a guy. I just shit on Lord of the Rings so much a guy threw up. Um (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so I think that, you know, he can still make very heartfelt movies and very compelling stories. It's just whether he wants to or not. Um, cause yeah, he does other things like, you know, uh, like Tusk, which I still haven't seen it. It was interesting for sure. I did enjoy Red State. Red State was interesting too. I think it's a slept on, uh, horror movie. Yeah. He got kind of into the the horror subgenre for a little while there, um, and I don't mind like directors taking you know taking a uh, you know a different direction for a while, but at the end of the day, like like what everyone wants is we want like we want Mallrats, Chasing Amy, um, Dogma even Dogma was awesome. Dogma was I awesome. I fucking love that one. Um, you know we want the view askew averse. You know um, the the new Jane Silent Bob was fine wasn't exactly what I wanted, but you know, it's, I think that there was some good stuff in there. I think he's just lost his way a little bit. And I think maybe part of it is being rich and comfortable (laughs) and not having, not having, even if his movie doesn't do great, you know, um, he still has his podcast to fall back on or his other shows that he produces or writing comic books. Which he's asked to be a guest on ours, but we had to turn him down because Cody yeah. has a love and hate relationship. Yeah, for him. I know. I, I just I don't know if I could keep it civil. I, I would just yell at him and be like, "Dude, what are you why? doing? Why? Why? What are you doing? Stop! Stop making bad movies. Make good movies again. It's not that hard. Just be yourself." Uh, though apparently Clerks Three is filming, so uh, I do have high hopes for that. It's finally gotten off the ground, um, and you know I think that. Hopefully he'll hit his stride again. And I think that, you know, with this Masters of the Universe, there's a potential that he could save it in the end. But um, I don't know. He's he's one of these guys who, like, I, I'm I'm very surprised that this is how the first season or first part of this season went. Because he seems like he's normally so in tune 
with fandom and nerddom. Like he, you know, he releases those videos every time a Star Wars comes out where he fucking cries. <laughs> um, and and don't get me wrong, I got emotional too when the first when uh, the uh, which you know Force I'm, Awakens. I'm surprised he's still a big fan of Star Wars because they did him pretty nasty at Hall H in Comic Con. Yeah. <laughs> Where, that's where they had the concert outside, right? right? Yeah, so that's that's a funny story. Yeah, so uh, at Comic Con, Hall H is the big 6,800 square, uh, 6,800 seat. Which who knows hall. with fucking COVID if it'll ever happen again? Right, we'll see what happens. Um, it's the big giant hall at Comic Con where they announce all the big stuff, all the Marvel movies, all the DC movies, all the Star Wars movies. And so Kevin Smith always closes it out Saturday night. So after Marvel, after Warner Brothers DC. After Star Wars, if they happen to be there, he closes it out with a like Q and A live podcasting that he does there. And so one year we went. Um, you, I was not at that. You one. were not at that one. Um, they did Star Wars: The Force Awakens was being announced, um, and they were having a panel at at Comic Con. So we got in. You know, we got in line at like ten in the morning um, for this uh, panel, and uh, for I think it was. It was either 10 in the morning for, for that. No, it wasn't that day. It was the day before. So we waited in line for more than 24 hours, basically, to get, get into this thing. And then at the at the panel, they had you know they brought out Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford. I mean, and all, of course, the new cast and stuff. And it was just, it was super emotional. And everyone's like, oh, my God, this is the best. And at the end of that, which the, there was just the last panel before uh, Kevin Smith, they're like, we have a special surprise for you. We're going to bring you guys. If you everyone gets up and walks with us, follow us over here. We're going to give you a live concert of Star Wars music. <laughs> and so they get we go we, the whole the whole uh, auditorium gets up. We walk in this giant mass over to this outdoor symphony hall that they have in San Diego, and they hand everyone free lightsabers and like and then there's beers and stuff like that and all that kind of stuff. And then they come out with orchestra and they play Star Wars music with fucking fireworks shooting off over the bay i'm man enough to admit that i cried like a little baby and i'm getting teary-eyed thinking about it because it was so awesome i love star wars so much and all the cast and stuff were there to introduce it and everything um but kevin smith was fucking was backstage watching everyone get up and leave (laughs) and he took pictures of it and there was like you know there was like 400 people maybe who were like waiting in line hoping to get in afterwards because that people leave all the time and they're like oh this is awesome we got in and it's just a big empty looking auditorium it was great um yeah so yeah i'm actually that's what i'm saying i'm shocked he's still like a still fan still a fan but yeah so hopefully uh the second half of uh masters of the universe picks up and takes some of our suggestions reach out to us kevin smith reach out to us kevin smith like we will write your shows for you like we'll make it happen because I know you get teary-eyed when you think about Star Wars, and you know I'm with you on that. But also, you know it's been a while since you had a real hit. So uh, you know, <laughs> what do you think approach to him would be like when he throws that idea? Do you think he'd be like, uh, n- do you have to be like just straight, straight with him, like no, or you'd be like yes and, or <laughs> or or maybe we can try. You know, I know you want to kill He Man, uh, but here's the thing. People watching this show want to see He-Man. Like it's that's what they want is a He-Man show. So maybe instead of that, hear me out. 
I think we could do a thing where he loses his powers and then he has to re he has to get the band back together. You know, it's like Blues Brothers where he's going and collecting all the people. But I wonder if he's the type of guy like fuck you, you're fired, and like you yeah. can't <laughs> you can't say that shit. I think you know. I think if you kind of approach it from a good place, I I, I would like to think this. If you approach it from a place of fandom um, and you speak nerd to nerd, hopefully he would be willing to take suggestions. You know, he seems you know. As much as we shit on some of his ideas in this podcast, um, I think I should. We should correct that. Mostly, you shit on his ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I it, forgive a lot of stuff for Kevin Smith because he was like one of my first favorite directors. A hundred percent. He was. He was the first director who made me aware that I could like a director. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you know, uh, there's fans out there of you know Steven Spielberg movies or George Lucas movies or whatever. But those type of guys, they don't reach out to the fans where Kevin Smith would right. like. Kevin Smith, had, you know, always came from a very hum- humble space, and he was the first person who, like, you could tell when you were watching a Kevin Smith movie by the feel of it, how the characters talk to each other, um, the stories that they would tell, and, you know, how he would tug on the heartstrings, um, where he has a very good directorial touch to a movie. You know, like, you know, you think about someone else, like a, like a Wes Anderson movie. You know from the get-go you're watching a Wes Anderson movie. Kevin Smith was the first director who I could tell without reading anything about the movie. Once I was watching it, I could tell, oh, this is a Kevin Smith movie. And hey, I think he's on. lost some of that. Come on, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, talk to your boy. Oh, I know, dude. Oh, did you see uh, uh, Matt Damon got in trouble? No. <laughs> it was something uh, – uh, oh, no, it was weird because he said that, like, oh, I – Something about um, I, I'm trying to think. Let's just say it rhymes with maggot, but it Ooh. wasn't maggot with an F. Oh God! And like he was just saying, like he never used those terms. He, he was having a conversation with his daughter. He's like, yeah, I never used those terms. Like, wait a fucking minute. You grew up in Boston. You grew up in fucking Boston. <laughs> yeah. You're telling me you never. He says he's never said like a, a slur, and I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, Boston, and you never said a yeah. slur. That was like every other word in people in Boston back then. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. That's no one funny. believes that bullshit. Yeah. But I think, you know, I think there's hope for He-Man. Let us know what you think. Um, do you like our ideas? What suggestions do you have? Were you upset at this thing? Maybe, you know, I think there's a lot of people who enjoyed it. Um, but if you're a He-Man fan, like, is this what you wanted? Is this the continuation of the story of He-Man that you wanted? Um, or do you like our suggestions better? And if you do, tag Kevin Smith because, uh, hey. <laughs> we need work. We need work. Like, you know, we're, we constantly shell out these good ideas on this podcast. Fucking, we drop gold all drop the time. Drop gold. And then they, they keep mysteriously showing up, um, you know, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or in the DC Cinematic It's particularly universe. the Blade shit. The Blade. <laughs> and We were oh, so on. If we would, would only posted the episode before. Yeah, I know. Well, I think... Uh, I think it posted the day of. I think it posted the day of or something, or the day before, maybe. But, yeah, we fucking called it down to the actor. Yep. It was amazing. But let us know what you think down in the comments, and while you're down there, make sure you click like and subscribe. Click the little bell to be notified when a new show comes out every single week. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, just follow us, and we'd appreciate that. Um, let us know what you think. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We read all of your comments and we do appreciate them. Um, all of our information, of course, is at nerdswithfriendspodcast.com. Um, and you can support the show at patreon.com slash nerdswithfriends. Yes. 
Give us some money so we can make our own He-Man <laughs> series. Yeah, we only need a couple million dollars. Yeah, fine. exactly. And uh, staff and uh, studio to pick it up <laughs> and a uh, place to stream it. Um, and you can find that at patreon.com slash nerds of friends. Thank you to all of our patrons who already support us. We couldn't do the show without you. Your names are flowing up into the hall of heroes with He-Man <laughs> and Grey Skull. And uh, Christian, thank you as always. Uh, for Thank you. I forgot to comment. I like your QAnon shirt. My QAnon shirt? It's a <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's a red, a, white, and blue beard. I know, but like from this angle for a little bit, it looked like a Q. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and uh, to all the nerds out there, remember, you're not alone. You're with friends. And I have the power. This is Nerds with Friends. Thank you and good night. Good night.